Raw Truth podcasts may contain explicit, sensitive, and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice of a licensed psychologist, therapist, or other medical professional. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Women's lives follow many paths, twists and turns, and choices never planned nor expected. In life, temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness can lead a good person to make a choice that they can't take back. When facing judgment in isolation, a person can feel very alone. In this podcast, you will hear stories from women who made the choice to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, stories of female infidelity. An anonymous and no-judgment podcast created and hosted by me, Rebecca Adams. I was an unfaithful wife. You are not alone. Hello and welcome to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Today, this story today is episode 99 of my female stories. So, I have done... This is, like I said, my 99th story. Now, of course, I have all my Let's Ponder episodes, and I also have all my men's stories, but it's pretty cool that when I come back in September, that will be episode 100, and I think that's pretty cool. So we have had so many wonderful women willing to share their story and and put it out there, and I think all of you, and I think all of you who are listening right now, and if you ever feel that you want to share your story, you just need to message me. I can help you with that. We'll get you all set up with a story guide and and go from there. And of course, everything, like I always say, is anonymous. But today is my last story of the season. I am taking the summer off, um, June, July, and August. I will be back at the beginning of September with new Let's Ponder episodes. Uh, So if you haven't subscribed to Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams, you need to do that. It used to be on here, but as you know, I have moved it to its own platform, and it's called now Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams. You'll see my little Raw Truth podcast logo on that. Um, And then in the Patreon, subscribers, they know that I'm taking the summer off and they're not going to be charged for those months because if I'm not putting anything out, I'm not going to charge somebody. So I'm freezing those charges for the summer as well. But with my marriage coming up, um, the honeymoon, my new job starting here in a few days, well, this Monday from when I'm recording, and um, our new house going in and having to move crap again, it's just too much. And I want to be able to dedicate the right amount of energy and time and effort into these podcasts. So rather than rushing through, I'm just gonna take a break, but I promise I will be back. Before we get started with today's story, I wanted to share an email that I received from a new listener. And she even welcomed me sharing it with everybody. It starts out, I just discovered your podcast a few days ago and have been binge listening ever since. I can't say enough good things. I identify with a lot of these women's stories. Even though I haven't cheated myself, I have struggled with connecting with my husband on an emotional 
and physical level lately and have contemplated this many times. It's hard when you have been married for a while and things changed and you don't feel like you're even being seen in the relationship. But listening to your podcast has given me clarity that it just isn't worth it. It will cause more pain and damage in the long run. I'm also going to join your Patreon as well to hear the men's side of discovering the infidelity. I really appreciate you doing the show. Thanks so much. That was wonderful. I absolutely loved it and asked her if she listens on Apple to throw that up there because it really makes a difference too. And I want to tell you, you and I have talked a couple times, so I know you're listening. Thank you so much. I really appreciate and it's good for me to know how it does impact and how it is helping others. So thank you very much. Today we are going to have a new story by Kara. She has entitled this story, Finding a Unicorn. I don't even know what it was. It was an immediate feeling of absolute sureness that went through my whole body. I knew he was what I wanted and I was excited for it. I've been so used to my brain going back and forth with the exhausting inner dialogue of should I or shouldn't I? I felt the feeling of lust before someone other than my husband, but immediately following that came a feeling of guilt. Then I would snap back into reality. Jason made me feel no guilt, and I never snapped back into reality. It was our annual girls trip to Del Rey with my college friends. We always get right back into our 20-year-old level of matureness when we see each other. Bikinis, cocktails, and some gummies for extra liberation. My girls from college know the real me. Me, before I had to be the vanilla perfect mom that I want my kids to have. Let's be honest, I'm not a total snooze, but they definitely don't know college me. She was wild and free, but she was classy and had integrity. I had never had any trouble being confident with my sexuality, and I loved having a healthy sex life. Being with someone meant we had good sex because I really don't think I could be with anyone without it. I've always craved that deeper level of connection with someone. It's what separates a good friendship with a man versus a lover. It's that feeling you feel when a man makes you just a tiny bit smitten because you're wondering what he's like in bed. The guys you never wonder about, those are the ones in the friend zone. The ones that make your brain go right into those slightly dirty thoughts. They pass go and you get right to it. We were on our way to a bar when one of my friends asked the valet driver to take us in the hotel van. He was cute, really freaking hot. So of course, we all get out of the van and immediately talk about how hot our little driver was. A bunch of middle-aged women drooling over the hottie in his 20s driving us around is nothing new, right? Short, but still taller than me, long, shaggy dark hair and beautiful, big brown eyes. He was wearing his uniform, but I could tell he had a great body, and when I saw his arm sleeve tattoo, I knew this was going to be someone we all thought was hot. 
When Jason came to pick us up, I admit I was probably five tequilas in, but still able to make good decisions. Me, being my flirtatious self, I jumped in the front seat to be closer to him. Me, being my flirtatious self, I jumped in the front seat to be closer to him. At one point, I just remember him driving and turning his head to look at me, and when I locked eyes with him and saw his crooked and innocent smile, I knew I wanted to fuck him. I got his number and came up with a plan to secretly see him after he dropped us off. I was sharing a room with my friend, so having him back at my room wasn't an option. I needed something quick and I didn't care at what cost. I guess the feeling was mutual because he did engage in messaging me back. He actually went home after work because he couldn't find me, but I told him I got my own room, so he came back. I had absolutely nothing with me but the dress and flip-flops I was wearing and the credit card I snuck into my room to get. I jumped in the shower to wash off and put on the hotel robe and got into bed. At least that's what I remember. He called me to make sure I was serious and I let him know that I was. He showed up. I answered the door in my robe and for the quickest moment I thought, what the fuck am I doing? And then it was gone. He was on top of me and I was feeling all the feels. Butterflies, excitement, tingles, all of it. It had been so long since I've passionately kissed anyone, I think I could have an orgasm just from that. While we were making out, he did say, I'm only 25, and that was a buzzkill. Again, my thought was, what the fuck? 25? I can't do 25. I put my hand over his mouth and told him to stop talking before I changed my mind. Thank God I didn't. It was passionate and hot. He was sweating, and I liked it. His hair was in my face and gave me something to hold on to. His body was light and felt so good on top of mine. He didn't suffocate me, and I liked wrapping my legs around him. He was rough. He slapped me and choked me. He thrusted hard into me, and it was deeper than a vibrator could ever go. I don't remember much more, but I have flashbacks to locking eyes with him during sex and not wanting to look away. We probably had sex a few times that night. No major foreplay, just straight to the fucking. He made me come a few times. I squirted so much that I soaked the sheets. I needed it. I needed what I wasn't getting at home. I needed that dirty, hard, fuck-me kind of sex that was meaningless with someone who I didn't need to see again. He didn't know my name. He didn't know who I was or where I was from. He knew I was married and had kids, but we didn't talk about it. I told him I was sexually frustrated and just needed this one-night stand. But then one night turned into two. I saw him the next night because the girls wanted him to drive us again. Imagine how awkward that was. My friends knew absolutely nothing, and here I am standing in front of him knowing that his dick was inside me for hours last night. Yep, awkward. I broke the ice by reaching out to him after dinner, and we ended up seeing each other on the beach. We spoke on the phone, and he told me to wait for him on the bench. He came walking up with his hands in his pockets, so confident and casually cool. 
He whistled at me and nodded his head for me to follow him while he kept walking. It was hot. He held my hand and kissed me hello, and I melted into a teenage girl. He put his hands up my dress, slid my thong to the side, and before I knew it, he was inside me. Each thrust, each pump, each moan, each time his chest pushed into mine was better than the one before. I felt a connection to him, and I liked it. It didn't last long, and we didn't talk much. He asked me a few questions, and from his cute smirk and intense eye contact, I knew he was intrigued. I liked that I had the power and that he wanted to know more about me. Although I loved that feeling I had when he was on top of me looking into my eyes, I also knew, or should I say I thought, that I'd never see him again. I left early the next morning and hoped and prayed no one would recognize me from the ballet staff. I drove home in total silence, trying to remember everything that happened. It was like I was having an out-of-body experience right there in the car. Did this actually happen? Did I just really have the best sex I've had in years with a stranger who was 25? Oh my fucking God, what did I do? And panic set in. That day, I had to be home early to drop my girls off at cheer camp. I showed up at the diner to meet the moms and girls with a fresh glow on my face, and the smile gave it all away. My one friend who knew what I'd been going through took one look at me and said, Don't tell me now. Wait until the ride home. I'm still amazed to this day that she was able to tell just from the release intention she saw in me. I gave her all the dirty, sexy details and retold the events like it was happening all over again. That's when I got right back to the panic. What if he finds out? What if he tells someone? I was freaked out and went to some extremes. She even considered hiring a private investigator to make sure he wasn't going to extort me for money. That only lasted a minute though because I knew that was overkill. I felt like he was a good person and I knew I was making myself crazy. I also know me and know that I'll never stop thinking about it if I didn't know for sure. So a few days later, I messaged him to see if he found out my name. He said he didn't and we started chatting. I was up until 4am messaging him back and forth and didn't feel guilty about it at all. He was a flirt and I liked his swagger. I wanted to talk to him more. I wanted to know more. I wanted to see him again, and I still had myself convinced it was just for meaningless sex. But it wasn't meaningless. I didn't know him at all, but we had sexual chemistry, so therefore it wasn't meaningless. It had something that other one-night stands didn't have. Something some relationships never have. We had strong chemistry and I knew it, but I tried to not show what I knew. I couldn't stop thinking about doing it again, so we met up when I went to Miami. It was a little different this time because we had no choice but to talk and spend time together. At this point, he knew my name and my story because we talked about it over text. So the mystery was gone now and I gave up that power. 
It was still great sex, but I do regret giving up my story to him so soon. I liked it when he didn't know about me. Maybe I liked being or thinking I was someone else. I learned a lot about him that night, enough to make me want to see him again. The fourth night, we both said it would be the last time. We didn't even have drinks this time, and we were dead sober making bad decisions. At one point, he jerked off looking at me instead of having sex with me. I think it was supposed to turn me on because he was looking at me while he was doing it, but it didn't do anything for me. That got me thinking that maybe his sexcapades with the married older woman ran its courses. But then he said something as he was getting up in the morning. He called me his wife from another life. I know that he could have just been trying to be cute, but it hit me. Did he think we had this weird, maybe I knew you in another life connection too? We didn't talk much after that. In fact, he actually told me not to reach out to him because he was going out of town with his girlfriend. That didn't feel good, but obviously I understood. I was hoping to hear from him when he got back, but nothing. So two weeks went by and I reached out to say hi. Nothing. The next day I asked if he was okay and nothing again. Now I know he must be done with me, but I'm also spinning wondering why. So day three I reach out again and he says he's good and that's all. Okay, fine. I got it. I was kind of mad, but I wasn't sure who I was mad at. I know in my brain it was me that was foolish for even thinking he would try to carry it on with me, but at the same time, I felt like how could he just cut me off like that, cold turkey. I was so high from feeling the excitement of having that type of desire back in my life and getting to know someone new. Then it was gone without a warning. They always say the best way to get over someone is to get underneath someone else. So that's what I did. A lot. It was good and it was definitely distracting. I didn't think about Jason for a while until he reached out to me months later and I was right back where I didn't want to be. Even though I knew we didn't have a thing like I thought we did, I let myself play the fantasy out in my head. That is where it all went wrong. All the signs were there. I ignored them because I wanted that deeper connection with someone. Not just anyone, because I tried with anyone and it wasn't there. I didn't feel the way I felt with Jason, with anyone else. I didn't even feel that with my husband anymore. I knew it wasn't love because that's ridiculous. He's so young. I think I felt safe knowing that I'd never uproot my life for him, but I could still feel so many things. I know what it's like to be in love, and what I felt for Jason wasn't that. Maybe it was a parallel. It was an excitement that woke me up and put me back to feeling alive. I never felt like my home life was threatened by how I felt for Jason. I wanted to talk to him a lot. I thought about him a lot, sexually and not sexually. I knew it was heading in a bad direction, but I wasn't worried about it. 
I wanted to prove it to myself that it was just sex, so I set up a time to meet him at a hotel on a Sunday afternoon. It was weird and the chemistry wasn't the same. The sex was okay. I spent most of my time giving him oral or him fucking me from behind with my head in the pillow. He's not a very giving lover, but I knew this from day one. I think he relies on having a big dick to satisfy me, but I didn't mind because it definitely did satisfy me. But if I was paying attention, I would have seen that he didn't do anything for me. He didn't make sure I was taken care of first. He didn't spend time on me. I knew when I left that I would never, ever see him again. I was done. I even cried on the ride home because I felt like I just ruined all the good memories I had with him by being greedy and needing one more time. I've always been the person that you give an inch and I want a yard. This was a perfect example of that. I asked for too much and I spoiled a good thing. So we didn't talk for a while. I had my other ways of being satisfied and it was working, but this time, I did continue to think about him. Not the last time we were together, but the times before. The first night we met, the beach, Miami. How did it go from being so good to then just okay? No connection, nothing. I had to fix that. I reached out and we were at it again, making plans to meet up in South Beach. He wanted dinner, lingerie, and wine. This was it, I thought. This is going to take me back to what it was and what I needed. But it wasn't. It sucked. It was awful. It was like a horrible fight I had with a drunk college boyfriend. I can't even go back to that night to think of the details because it was so bad. He showed up at 3 a.m. and wanted to get his nut off. How did I miss that he thought I was such a whore? How did I think that he was going to spend the night and that we were going to have some time together, but he thought he was coming for me to suck his dick? How did we end up on such different pages? Well, I fucked it all up. I have these expectations of him that I never told him. I set up this whole thing with him to be no strings attached, fun sex. And because he didn't feel the same connection as me, I lost my shit. It's so immature of me to think that he knew what I was thinking. That's the old age reason young people fight so much in relationships. They just assume the other knows what they want, but as you mature, you realize you need to tell them what you want and what your expectations are. I really don't know where we stand now. No matter what chemistry I felt before, I can't think about going back there without knowing where it could possibly go again. I think about running into him at the beach again and having a wild rip-off-our-clothes kind of night, but again, that's my fantasy. I want to sit on top of him and ride him slowly with my chest in his face. He kisses my neck and pulls me into him. My hair falls into my eyes and he gently tucks it behind my ear. Our eyes are locked and we both come at the same time. It's what's called a coital alignment, the most intense of all orgasms. That is our final climax together ever. But again, just a fantasy. 
If I am being honest with myself, I need to let him go. It was a good thing until it wasn't. It's not the type of relationship that's meant to be worked on or repaired. Where do I stand now? I think I need that connection with someone. I wish I could handle meaningless sex, but I can't. I don't want to. Obviously, I have to do it in order to see if there's a connection with someone, but if it's not there, then I won't force it. Finding Jason was kind of a unicorn, young enough to be so meaningless, but connected enough to be so meaningful. Or maybe I didn't find him. Maybe I made him into a unicorn, and that's exactly why it all ended. Because unicorns, they aren't real. Wow, Kara, what an amazingly written story you have sent. The way you wrote this, I can feel your emotions. I can almost see it in my mind how things were happening. And I can tell you know how to write, but I can also tell that this whole situation has brought you to quite an emotional state, a level, so to speak, where it's still weighing heavily on you. One question I want to find out is, where is your husband through all of this? How did things start with your husband? It sounds like that you're at a point in your marriage where it's become routine and stale. Are you and your husband still going out on dates? Are you guys spending time together? Have you asked him for these types of things that you need? Or if you're unhappy, have you discussed ending the marriage so that you can find things that'll be what you need to make you happy? Or are you like who I was and Erica, the story that was before yours, that it's just that need to feel that excitement and you worry about getting caught, yes, but you're so focused on almost what's the next high kind of thing. And I was like that. And so I can understand. But what I'm trying to do is understand a little bit more about you and a little bit more about your history and, you know, what's happened in your marriage to get you to this point where you really feel like you need to look outside to find that excitement, that thrill, that happiness. So if you hear this, or when you hear this rather, and you feel like connecting with me, let me know. I'm just curious um, to see, you know, what has kind of led you down this road, a little more back information. But your story itself, I can tell it's it meant a lot to you. It almost sounded as though like you learned a lot from this situation. And I think, and this is my opinion, um, women, even if we, it is for meaningless sex, women get a very emotional connection to men a lot easier than men are for women. Men can do it without any emotional whatsoever. But with women, we allow them to enter our bodies. You know, it's a closeness. It's not um, hit it and leave it kind of a thing. It's different. And I think it goes way back to, I mean, I'm sure it's all broken down somewhere. But, you know, you look traditionally at at men and women and men, they'll fuck some chick and be like, okay, next and not even look back or have any thoughts or guilt about it. As you would say, get their nut off. But 
um, women, we tend to hold on to it and we can't forget it as easily. I know there are some women out there and they may be um, at a point in their lives or whatever where they've never had a real emotional intimacy type of life growing up or what have you. So it's easier for them to disconnect because they keep people at arm's length. But then there's other people, even myself, you just boom, you connect when you connect emotionally, and you allow yourself to be vulnerable to do that. And then it kind of screws you up, because you can't just let go. And then you have to figure out how to get over this situation without anybody finding out. It's just very difficult. So writing out your story, allowing you to get that out, hearing it, hopefully that helps you on your road to recovering from him and letting it go. Um, I mean, he's a young kid who was, yeah, getting his rocks off with you. And I know he enjoyed every bit of it. But I fear that deep down, for him, it was just fun, just like you had kind of written that you realized that at that final time that it was so bad that, and then you felt the fool, you know, and oh, goodness, I just can tell it's weighing on your mind a lot. So hang in there, keep in touch. Let me know, you know, I had those questions earlier, if you feel comfortable. Otherwise, thank you. I wish nothing but the best. And I hope for you to be able to reconnect with your husband so that you can keep yourself safer, safer at home, in your environment, for your children, and all of that. Because regardless of your decision, we only live once and we want to find the best happiness we can. And it's what I tell everybody. And divorce is never a pleasant thing. But sometimes people have to go through that to find their happiness and be able to look back and realize, thank God I got myself out of a situation. And again, I don't know your backstory, but anybody's backstory, there could be some stuff going on that people don't even realize is going on in their lives until they step away. Again, thank you so much, Kara, for your story. I really appreciate it. And I wish you nothing but the best. On Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, I share stories of women who have been unfaithful to their spouse or partner. I give them a safe space to be able to explain what happened and why they chose the direction of infidelity. But I also feel it is just as important to understand what the betrayed husband or partner faced when he uncovered the truth. She started doing other things that were off. She would change her cell phone number without telling me. Previously, we'd had a joint cell account, but she wanted to be on her own account. She knew I had caught her cheating that way the first time after she returned from Kosovo. She felt I wasn't giving her enough privacy and that I was being too controlling. She was always free to come and go as she wanted. It didn't matter what time she would get home. There were times when she wouldn't get back home until 4 or 5 in the morning. But the second time, I began to suspect something. I confronted her, and she denied it. Yet, I still knew something was going on, even though I had no proof. On Halloween, she went to a friend's party dressed as a maid. I wasn't allowed to go to this party, because it was only supposed to be for girls. Well, there were guys at the party after all, because I saw the photos. 
But that night when she came home, her panties were not on and she was as drunk as a skunk. She had taken an Uber home and had left her car there. To hear exclusive stories of the men's discovery of female infidelity in their relationship, have early access to regular episodes ad-free and more extras, subscribe to my Patreon by visiting my website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. Subscription pledges start as low as only $4 a month. You have been listening to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Your support of Raw Truth Podcasts is truly appreciated. When you visit the website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com, you will find the story guides to help form your story, where you can subscribe to Patreon for exclusive episodes, and to vote for the podcast to be in the Hot 50 Countdown for Podcast Magazine. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to my other podcast, Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams, where taboo topics are discussed. To submit your female infidelity story, share feedback, or have general questions about the show, please email rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com.